I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. I hope you guys are doing good out there. I know I said that there may not be an episode this week, but there is. Heyo! I keep surprising myself with people that I know. It's amazing. So we're we're about 12 days out uh, from the election. But, you know, I read a tweet today and I want to give you the gist of it because I, I can't find the actual tweet. Um, that we're not 12 days away from the election we're 12 days away from the end of the election everyone's already out there voting well everyone i know i know a lot of people are i I think this this must be historic because i've certainly never seen this yes i'm young but this is my third presidential election that i voted in and i've certainly never seen people showing up in the way that they are this time around just shows how important it is for you guys to get out there and vote. If you don't have a plan, make a plan. It is easy. I know in California, we've had some problems with unofficial drop boxes being put in places illegally. But guys, if you're going to go to a ballot drop box, the paper is in with your ballot. And it tells you exactly where those drop boxes are. Look for the official ones. Don't just like be walking down the street. Also, who's walking down the street with the ballot in their hand and see something with a paper that's literally taped on like a tiny little box that says official ballot drop box and puts it in there? Come on, guys. Let's let's not be dumb. Let's be smart about this. Make sure that you're signed up for whatever ballot tracking is in your state. 
That's super important too. That way you know exactly when your ballot gets counted. They tell you it's amazing. It feels great. You know that you're safe, that your ballot's safe. Guys, it's just so important. And I'm really proud of everybody that I know who's out there doing this. Also, if your county still needs it, check in with your county. See if you can be a poll worker. Help out. You know, it's normally our senior citizens who are doing it. So if you're able to do that, if you feel safe, if you are healthy, please try to try to help your community. I actually applied and I got denied. (laughs) I don't know how that works. I think my county doesn't have room for poll workers anymore. It was like an assistant counter because I hadn't had any um, experience in, in government work. They were like, no, sir. See you later. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's my that's my soapbox. So do it. Vote. Thanks. Today on the show, we have my friend Keith Powell. You know him best as Twofer from 30 Rock. He has a brand new show called Connecting on NBC. Uh, the guy's brilliant. He's amazing. Um, he's just truly one of those dudes that I'm extremely lucky to know. And I'm I'm stoked for you guys to listen to this conversation. So here's my conversation with Keith Powell. All right. Welcome to Keith. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's a beautiful Sunday morning. My child is running around in the background screaming her head off because she really needs a nap and she won't do it. And, uh, oh, no. I'm drinking tea. It's great. It's great time. You're drinking some tea. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. How old is your How old is your little girl now? She is a year and a half. Oh my um, gosh. So she's now in the place where she can say, like, she gets really excited to say, like, a word because she knows mm-hmm. what the word means. So, oh. like, so, for instance, now everything that comes in front of her um. <laughs> Um, she goes hot, 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 <laughs> as if it's like hot food. And then, like I like I put a bowl of yogurt in front of her like yesterday, and she went hot, 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 hot. I was like, yogurt's not hot. No, you are wrong. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. <laughs> oh my gosh, no. kids are terror. funny in the best way. She's a terror. She's a terror. But she's I great. was that way too. She's going to be super charismatic. That's the thing. I'm cool with that. I was a terror. Charisma's good Good for that. Charisma's great. I feel like all actors when they were children were just probably the worst children to deal with. (laughs) Perhaps. That's right. I mean, though though it's interesting because I I met Robert De Niro, who was probably Mm. like the sweet, was like the sweetest child because he is like he is like an aggressive introvert like he is really so introverted and mild-mannered in a way that is like shocking yeah um and like he can't look you in the eye it's almost aspergersy like he can't look you in the eye and he's very quiet and very withdrawn and i was like is this like jake lamada what is happening here (laughs) That would throw me off so bad. I feel like so if I ever off. met Robert De Niro, I would just like expect him to be like, "Oh, fuck off!" Like, "Fuck you!" Like, right. or, like you know, just right. like no, he total is gangster very style. Polite. He is very polite right. and very quiet, and uh, it's it's weird. So I'm like, well, not all actors are yeah. extroverts. 
<laughs> not all of them there are some i wasn't like heath ledger that way too as well like just that's super what I introverted yeah, yeah that's that's the word on the street is that he was oh super introverted um oh before we start talking about all of the fun things that you've done in your life because you have so many awesome things that you've been a part of i want to talk about that petition that letter that you signed to nbc last week which i thought was just oh. super badass thank and you <laughs> so freaking needed i saw that and i was like damn bow down well you know i mean here's the thing where most of my income mm -hmm. uh as an actor has been from NBC. Yeah. And so there is his, you know, I, I've done three shows with them now. Mm. And um and I I kind of feel like if 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 you can't if your employees can't speak up and say you're doing something wrong, mm. then then you shouldn't be operating like you like right. like I need the freedom um to say when you're doing something wrong and that's mm -hmm. what, where, where we are in this country right like yeah. like the most patriotic people in this country are the ones who are saying there's something seriously wrong here right <laughs> do you know right it's um, true it's true the people who truly love this country and are fighting for it yeah. are the ones who are saying hey guys we're messing up Exactly. And I think that NBC truly messed up. And I and I am very glad that Savannah Guthrie um, that was beautiful. Went, went after him. It was beautiful. The way that, that she did, because I kind of felt like NBC has really kind of been shit in the bed. I don't yeah. know if we can cuss on this. Yeah, you but can. Like, You're good. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like shit in the bed on it. And so I had to say something. They've done they've done right in many yeah. ways, but but they were doing it was I think it was a, a it was a blow to, to democracy. Um, yeah. Well, it's it's a shame that people on the East Coast had to sit there and go back and forth between town halls. Mm -hmm. It's just that shouldn't have been exactly. happening. And that's why we have the commission and why it should have been done the right way to begin with. But the fact that it did end up like that was super frustrating. But what was really like what the, the thing that frustrated me the most um, that just made me furious was I um, Trump mm -hmm. pulled out of a debate commission because mm -hmm. he didn't want to play by the rules. Right. And NBC rewarded that behavior. Yeah. And it's it's not so much of okay, great. Then you don't get an audience for your fucking bile. Mm -hmm. It's it's no here. Go and give. Go and make uh, make it so that everyone has to decide what audience um, they want to be a part of. And mm -hmm. I'm so glad that Biden beat him in the ratings. I'm actually oh glad that people did not watch NBC yeah. that hour. Yeah. Well, and you you and your castmates for your new show, Connecting, you all were posting about, you know, don't tune into Trump, but tune into the show afterwards, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I loved. Well, I loved that campaign that you guys did. <laughs> well, you know, honestly, um, of course, the thing of it is, is that I want people to see our show yeah. because our show 
is everything that that this country I believe needs right now, which mm-hmm. is connection and humanity and love and acceptance and community. Mm-hmm. And and so I wanted to say so loudly, Trump is doing is, is all the things that we are against. And mm. and we need to kind of rally around the fact and show him he's wrong and and sh- and show that what we do is right. Mm-hmm. And it actually turned out that way. We got a big rating boost. That's amazing. Um, from it, we doubled our audience from the from the pilot. Wow! In our episode, and I and you know our the third episode of our show, um, which aired that night. Yeah, I, was, I watched it this morning. I caught up on it. <laughs> oh my god! It is one of my. It is so. It's such a beautiful episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it ends so beautifully. Um, beautifully. Uh, maybe that's not the right word, but but it, it was it was jarring. It takes your breath away. Yeah. Yeah. It takes your breath away, and I want. I wanted. I, I selfishly wanted America to see that. And I get, I mean, I get that. I think you know, the show that you're doing right now, Connecting, which is on NBC for everybody listening, um, it's it's so well done, first off. It's amazing that you guys are able to shoot this in your homes with the kits that you're given. And yeah. I want to get into more of that too. But, you know, that first episode, that, that first episode was amazing because you're sitting there watching this cute comedy and you're like, oh, this is adorable. And then yeah. the nurse comes on. And yeah. all of a sudden you're like, oh she shit, is this is he's a doctor. A doctor. The doctor comes on and she <laughs> yeah. and you're just like, holy shit, like this is this is real. This is good. And yeah. it was just this beautiful moment of like, here's reality. Let's deal with it. Yeah. I I really um yes. And 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 that's what I kind of like. I think the entire show is that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not formulaic in the way of oh, it's a light little show, and then there's a hit of reality right. at the end. Every every episode has its own shape. But what I mm-hmm. love about doing this show, and what attracted me to doing this show, was just how honest it wanted to be. Yeah, you know, like I, I mean, um, not a lot of people know. I stopped auditioning. I don't audition anymore. Really? I, yeah, and I. Um, so how did this come about then? Well, uh, I did a web series called Keith Broke His Leg. Yeah. And we were developing it into a series. Mm. Uh, and one of the people who was helping me develop it into a television series um, went on to Connecting and became a producer on Connecting. Oh. And when she read the script... She's like, I know this couple. I know these people. <laughs> and so she called me um, and said, would you like to do this show? And I, I was like, I don't, I mean, I, I now only, for the past couple of years, I've been privileged enough to be in a position to only take acting roles when mm. I need health insurance. <laughs> 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 that's um, why you did my movie i knew there was a reason yes <laughs> um, and so i was like i don't know and she's like you know it's a chance to do it with your wife and i read the script and i was so blown away by its honesty yeah and i was like i i must i must do this i must do this job 
I loved in the pilot when you were actually making the pasta because don't you actually make homemade pasta? <laughs> I, every week. Today, I'm going to make home, <laughs> on Every Sunday, I make homemade pasta. I oh, man, it. I love that. And um, yeah, you know, and we we did a, like a social distance party of the cast where mm. the whole cast met each other for the first time oh, in funny. our backyard. And uh, this is like two weeks ago, like two or three weeks ago. And... Um, and I was like, I'm and I'm making pasta for everybody because mm. like that's what I'm supposed to do, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, you have to make pasta. I'm a I'm a bread maker myself. Oh I my god, I love bread. I, I mean, I'm not good at making bread, so you're gonna have to give me some tips. That's I'll, I'll bring you a loaf. I'll bring you and Joel a loaf. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So tell me, how did you get into all of this? Because you're your list of credits and everything is so extensive. And I read that you went to Tish. Is that mm-hmm. where you kind of fell into acting or where you discovered that you liked it or how did it all come about for you? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it was just going to NYU. Uh, I went to NYU for acting and mm-hmm. um, my mother is an accountant and she wanted me to do something practical. Of course. <laughs> um <laughs> But, uh, and then all of, all of, and, you know, much to my mother's credit, um, she let me do the thing that I wanted to do. Um, Mm -hmm. All of, all of my friends and all of my mother's friends' children were going to college and they were all telling her, don't send you, as a single parent, don't send your Mm -hmm. child to the most expensive school in the country (laughs) for acting. Yeah. <laughs> Bad, move. <laughs> Bad move. And my mother said, you know, I I want him to do the thing that he loves to do. And I Go said, mom. What I love to do is acting. And so I I and she's like, but please, please take like an accounting class or something. <laughs> back on it. And I was like, yeah, mom, totally. That was that was our deal. Our deal was that I would take like an accounting class. Um my freshman, like, or like my, the years. So I'd have something to fall back on while I was at college. I love that. I never took an accountant class in my life and I never, (laughs) and I had no intentions of of honoring that system (laughs) or that deal. And, and so, uh, you know, and then, I mean, but like acting school was so intense anyway. Mm. I started as a double major. I started major as majoring in film Mm -hmm. and theater. Okay. both were so um, strenuous. Yeah, those programs are that tough. I chose, yeah, that I chose theater. And then I chose theater and then I chose theater directing. So I actually got mm. my degree in directing. Really? Yeah. And That's then I, pretty I, cool. I graduated, I started working the year before I graduated as an actor. Um, um, I started getting casting commercials. Okay. Uh, uh, I, I, a Wendy's commercial. Uh, <laughs> I booked when I was 20. And um, you got to love and, those fast food commercials, just eating yeah, a crap ton of chicken nuggets nonstop. It was great. It was great. <laughs> uh, what was the dude? Dave, Dave Thomas. It was, it was one of his last commercials. He was the owner of Wendy's was appearing in all the, commercials at the time what and he frankly was an old racist man oh god they kind of just wheeled out (laughs) 
<laughs> to say his line and then they wheeled him away. And uh and Dave Thomas called me a darkie. He called me a no. darkie. Yeah. Um and I was just like, I don't care. I'm like, I'm getting paid. I'm 20. I'm getting paid. Right. I'm in like you flew me to Florida. I think he was in Florida. <laughs> you flew me to Florida. I'm on like a vacation. I'm cool. And uh Oh my god. And that was one of his last commercials. And and I that was the That's beginning intense. of my career. Yeah. That's really intense. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, that's wild, dude. What a story that you have there. <laughs> Jesus <Yeah>. Christ. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> it had to have been. Well, my it was God. Also, you also have to remember I was going to school to be a director. Yeah. So I was just like, I don't care. I don't care what you call me. I'm getting paid. I'm getting paid money and you're going to die soon. And now, of course, <laughs> that was not like I wasn't wishing him dead. <laughs> and of course, he died soon. But right. Like, but it was I was I was one of those, you know, I have this feeling and just in, like my, you know, old racists are very um, inconsequential to me because I go, you mm. represent something that isn't going to last very long. So I'm not going to listen to you. So, so young racists are the people that, that I say something to. (laughs) (laughs) That is, I mean, that's a good point though, because a lot of the the old racists are ones that grew up during, you know, the Mm -hmm. lived during the fifties and sixties that were, you know, in their adult years then. And yeah, during the, I I mean, it, it makes sense your way of thinking. (laughs) I, I mean, I don't know if it's a bad thing or a good thing. I could get in trouble for saying it, I guess. But I have no, I don't have a problem with it. But just because, like, I mean, you know, I, anyway, Dave, Dave Thomas called me a darkie. And I was just like, sure. Where do I stand? What do I do? How do I? <laughs> Where's my money? Thank you. Where's my money? <laughs> Can I leave now? And they, pay, and they paid me handsomely for it, I got to tell you. Yeah, that was when commercials were paying good. Yeah. That's when you could live off of commercials. Well, that's how my career started in a way, just because doing that job allowed me when I graduated NYU to keep auditioning and not have Mm. to find a job. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. So, so when you graduated then, did you did you start auditioning immediately? Did you try to find directing gigs? What I mean, did you just um, go straight to well, acting though? Somebody told me when I was graduating from NYU that all the young hot directors are in their 50s. So, <laughs> uh, so, where's the lie right exactly so I, I so I just decided to you know because I had a manager I didn't have an agent I had a manager at the time um I just decided to keep acting and, and I kind of always fell into acting jobs like uh mm. my first acting job outside of NYU my my no I I missed my last week of NYU where everybody was taking finals because I needed to do I did a a play up in Maine Mm. um where I got my equity card oh and so like I always just kind of fell into acting jobs and Um, I mean, you know, that didn't happen for me later on in my career, but at the beginning of my career, I just kind of fell into it. So I was like, well, I'll just follow this until Mm -hmm. I turn 50 and I'll be a young, hot director, you know? (laughs) And and, I mean, it didn't quite work out that way, but, you know, um, I, I kind of, uh, I, I was, I was always in a place where I could just, um, right. Where I just it just like the pathway opened for me and right. I, um, this is at the very beginning of my career. And so I was just like, all right, I'll do this until, uh, until I burn out or it stops or, mm-hmm. you know, just because really all I want to be is a director anyway. So, I mean, wow. Fuck this acting thing. I guess I'll try <laughs> it for a while. What the fuck is this? I, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Whatever. <laughs> um, that's amazing. Yeah. It you yeah. know, but it works that way, especially in this industry. It's like yeah. once you get that ball rolling, it's just going. Well, that's the it's thing. Like, where, where, like, but also, but also, what I will I will say is is that you the, the so many young actors have this feeling that they can control their career Mm. that they're that there that there is some level of control over your work as an actor Mm -hmm. and and the 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 reality is there absolutely isn't it's so wrong yeah (laughs) (laughs) just so wrong there is no control unfortunately a lot of your life a lot of becoming an adult is about releasing control yeah it, it's true. I've it just be what it is. Yeah. I've definitely 
gotten there in the last few years. You know, mm-hmm. I'm reaching, I'm in my late 20s now, and I've been doing this since I was mm-hmm. eight. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. it's definitely, I've gotten to that point where I've realized, yo, you got to let go. You got to just yep. let things do what they're going to do. And yep. at this point in my career, I honestly just want to like Alice and Janney this shit and just get big when I'm like 40. <laughs> you know, That's I'm great. like, let's skip past the stupid, like little sexy roles and the cute little college girl shit. Yeah, let's just get me in the White House when I'm 40. Yeah, you'll just go. You'll just be in the White House and dominate. Yeah, but that, but but that's the thing where like I really kind of feel like what the the when I start every time I get a job, it's out of my grasp. Like it's mm. it's all based on things that happened. I never turn down an opportunity, so I always take try to take advantage of any opportunity that comes my way. Mm-hmm. But it's never been, and, and you know, something that I learned really really when I turned 40, I'm 41. So something I learned last year was every success that I've ever had in my life has always been a result of me working hard to get it. And every Mm -hmm. failure I've ever had has always been a result of me fighting hard to get it. Mm. And it's, and so much of life is about figuring out what the difference is between working hard and fighting hard because fighting hard gets you nowhere and, and depletes your energy. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically you're just fighting. And, you know, every time I fought for a job, I fought to get it. I'm going to call this person because I know that guy and I'm going to do this and I'm going to fight to do, you know, I'm going to fight to get Mm -hmm. this, fight to have, have him get me into the room and get me. I never got it. But every right. time I went, um, all right, well, I'm going to put my head down and I'm going to learn the lines. I'm going to mm. you know, practice it 20 times. I'm going to be, I'm going to work hard at it. Mm-hmm. I've always, I've always found success. It, and it makes sense because you're not putting all of that stress and energy into like fighting for something out of your control. You're putting all of your mm-hmm. energy into what you can control which is giving your best performance exactly and knowing it inside and out so yeah so like 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 careers are like basically it's a career is just like rolling with the punches yeah yeah it's true it is it's rolling with the punches which brings me to 30 rock because Mm -hmm. i actually watched 30 rock after i had already met you i hadn't seen it Mm -hmm. i think i was like in that weird age where i It wasn't my show yet, but then yeah, I watched yeah, it. And yeah. I'm like, oh my god, that's Keith. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was that experience like? Like, how did you land on that show? Were you still living in New York? Was it right after college? It's a it's a funny story of what happened me with me getting onto Thirty Rock. I mm. had so I ran a theater company in Wilmington, Delaware or I was an artistic director and, and Mm. we had met with a tremendous amount of success early on because um, the very first play that I produced starred uh, a woman named Lynn Redgrave and Lynn Redgrave Mm. is like an acting legend. She nominated and and has won all these Oscars and Tonys and Emmys. And, And, uh, you know, she, she passed away from cancer, but, um, um, but she 
was the beginning of my um she you know i was 23 years old and i produced a play with her starring in it wow and um and so first of all watching her in rehearsal was an was a master class yeah it would ha- yeah school, you know and i was there was a play that i had d- directed that had had a tremendous amount of success at my theater company in Delaware mm-hmm. and it was going to go on a national tour. Wow. A play starring um, Keith David and Jasmine Guy, two beautiful, brilliant actors who are, you know, major players today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was about to go on a national tour. And uh, spoiler alert, it never happened. But I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> um, um, and, uh, and I needed to fire my set designer. And I had never oh, fired a set designer before in my life. Firing people is scary. It's really scary. And I was 26. And yeah. I, 25, 26 years old, and I didn't know what to do. I had moved to Los Angeles um, uh, because I was like, I'm going to like, you know, well, I was chasing a girl, just to just be honest with you. <laughs> um, um, and, you know, spoiler alert, that didn't work out either. <laughs> and, uh, um, but I had come home for the holidays, um, back to New York City mm. to, to, you know, prepare for this play um, that was about to go on tour and I needed to fire the set designer. And so I yeah. wrote a, it's not you, it's me letter. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and I I gave it, hand delivered it to his agent because I couldn't find him. Oh my God. <laughs> and his agent was like, that's really funny because I can't find him either. What are you doing now? And I said, uh, I don't know. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to rough it out in California as an actor until I... Um, until, until you're after, 50 right? and you can become a director. Until I direct. No, until, but it's right. But it, no, I was like, I'm going to rough it out in California until I have to direct this play. Mm. And, uh, and he said, well, while you're in New York, why don't you, you know, for the three months that you're here over the Christmas break, why don't you audition for, um, a couple things hmm. with us. We'll send you out. Hmm. And I was like, fine, great, sure. The first and only thing he sent me out on was 30 Rock. Wow. And uh, talk about um, fate. Um, and then I never uh, turned in my plane ticket to go to fly back to LA. I stayed in New York to do 30 Rock. That's just so and, wild. And I was 26 years old. We didn't think it was going to last, you know, um, because Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, which was an Aaron Sorkin show, mm-hmm. was had had a similar premise and was also piloted that year. Oh, wow. And so those two shows were um, seen as competing against each other and only one of them would survive. Mm. And BC picked up both shows. And put all of its attention onto Studio 60 and left us alone. And we what? 
<laughs> and we uh because and then studio 60 failed <laughs> and and by that point in time 30 rock became this weird zany show because if you if you watch the show from the beginning of 30 rock you see that it is ne- it is noted to death it is a it is like the network noted it to death mm. and it, so it doesn't make any sense like the show just actually doesn't make any sense and then slowly as you see the show progress you see that the network stopped giving notes mm. and we were left to our own devices and the show became this crazy zany yeah you know, wonderful show that's when the magic happened that's when the magic happened. That's such a fun show. It's cool. it's so cool. And I can't even imagine working with like Tina Fey every day. I think I would just lose it. <laughs> it was great. I mean, you know, like Tina Fey wasn't Tina Fey back then. I mean, yeah, she, she was Tina Fey. You know, um, she wrote Mean Girls. No, mm-hmm. Mean Girls wasn't like Mean Girls was a solid hit. But right. It wasn't like the cultural phenomenon that it, it became. Right. Yeah. And yeah. She was so she was like, you know, this really smart writer who who was leaving Saturday Night Live. And oh, my mm. God, is she going to survive outside of Saturday Night Live? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. There was a um, lot of fear around that first few seasons of 30 Rock. Really? Did you well, you thought we were going to get canceled? Yeah, we, we thought we were going to get canceled. Nobody was watching it. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, you know, um, the president of the network at the time said, he, he uh, publicly said he didn't like the show. <laughs> so um, so uh, all of us were like, oh, well, any second now we're going to get canceled. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And Tina wasn't a hit. Like nobody right. knew who Tina Fey was. And then somewhere around... Sarah Palin, somewhere around Tina mm. doing Sarah Palin impression. I think that was our season three. That makes sense. That exploded, that, you guys. That we exploded, and then, and then, um, and then we all felt a little bit more comfortable. But by by, by around season three, we all hated each other. So I mean, you know, <laughs> oh, that's no. not true. I love, I love my. I was gonna I say, jeez. What's the drama? No, no, no. There's no drama. I I love them all. I I, I I'm still very close to them all, and um, that's they're, good. They're my family. I love them. Um. Well, I mean, I could talk to you all day about all the amazing things you've done. It, newsroom is one of my favorite things. You directed Superstore, which is freaking awesome. Yeah. Um. But. We've come to the point of the show where I ask my guests to tell um, either a bad audition story or a uh, role that they almost got. Do you have a story that you would like to share with us? Well, I knew that you were going to ask me this question. And <laughs> my, so at first, I do have a story or just mm-hmm. a small anecdote. But but um, when, you, when I knew you were going to ask this question, I, I kept saying to myself, the, my philosophy on auditioning is to let it go. Mm. So once you once you audition for it, you you leave it out into the world and never think about it again, and mm-hmm. just let it go, or else you'll go insane, right? Mm. Yeah, I've so done that I a few times. Like, yeah, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> that's why I've gotten to this point where I've gone. I just need to like let it. Every audition I've ever done, just let it go. 
Hmm. And um, so I was just like, I don't really have a, a one that got away story. And then, oh, uh, because because uh, oh god, um, so so when you, I just got a new, I just got another job. Um, we're mm. all recurring on okay. a major television show, a major exciting winning TV show. Ooh, congrats! Um, you'll be able to connect the dots. Okay. Um, once I tell you this story. Okay. Um, so I got this job. And I wanted to watch an interview where the lead actor of this show was on. And the lead actor mm. of the show talked about auditioning for The People versus O.J. Simpson. Oh. And I auditioned for that show. And I auditioned for Christopher for the Christopher Darden role. Mm. And I very much remember, and I didn't get it, obviously. Mm. I very <laughs> much remember... <laughs> Um, asking my manager, should I go bald for this role? Like, should I shave my head like Christopher Darden did mm. um, and put on glasses? And my manager said, no, save that for the callback. Oh. And so I went in and I auditioned for the Christopher Darden role with mm -hmm. my full hair and I walked into the room and every single other person in that room was bald. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, damn it, damn it. <laughs> and watching the actor who got the part have uh -huh. this interview, um, it's saying that when he got the audition for this Christopher Darden role, he immediately shaved his head. <laughs> Shaved my head. Should have shaved my head. But that was it. That's that's one of the things where I'm just like, would I have gotten that part if I shaved my head? Of course I wouldn't have. But you know, it's fun to think about. It is fun to think about. Oh my god. <laughs> would would you have? Would you have shaved your head if your manager said Literally. yes? Would you have done it? One hundred percent would have done it. Really? One hundred percent. Yeah. I I I mean, like my my. Hair, I mean, I have short hair anyway. I mean, during the pandemic, my hair is, I have a, an afro. But, but, <laughs> um, but like, you know, I keep my hair short anyway. So me shaving my head meant two weeks mm. for it to go back to the way that it always was anyway. Right. <laughs> so, you know, not, it wasn't that big. But, you know, but also I couldn't do a Christopher Darden impression. So that's a major part of the story. <laughs> going to happen anyway it's not going to happen <laughs> but, um, um that's amazing uh and you know and the person who uh got that part went on to win the emmy for yeah. playing christopher darden was and good went on to win many other emmys for other things yeah he's good he's, he's a good, good actor yeah um well, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and talking to me. It's so nice to, to catch up with friends in the middle of a pandemic. Yes. Um, where can people follow you on social media? Um, my, on Instagram, I am by Keith Powell. So, you know, 
um, B-Y, <laughs> Powell. And then on, on Twitter, I'm Keith Powell. And uh, I think Facebook is like real Keith Powell or something. I started that Facebook, uh, my Facebook page like a decade and a half ago. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't remember exactly. I think it's real Keith Powell. <laughs> I think mine is like official. It's like, yeah. why did I need to have the official in there? Did I think that was going to do anything? Right. Exactly. It's like, what is, what is this helping? <laughs> Who is this helping? Um, is this I'm helping? so excited to see the rest of the season of Connecting. It is so freaking good. Congratulations. Thank I you. love it. I, I'm so proud of it. And, and the episodes get better and better as the weeks progress and, and it's just a, it's I think it's a beautiful show so it's Thank wonderful I, I hope you guys get picked up for a second season I hope that yes. it stays on for a long time because it is good stuff everybody make sure to watch that Thursday nights NBC 8 p.m um yes. thank you again it's good to good to talk to you and I hope My you and Jill pleasure. have a have a good pasta day <laughs> we will we will today <laughs> is my cheat day I'm doing it. Cheat day. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks so much, Keith. Thanks a lot. Thanks again to Keith for coming on the show and talking with me. Make sure you're tuning into his show, Connecting on NBC, Thursday nights at 8 p.m. The show is really something, something special, and everybody should be watching it because it's really, 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 really good. Tune in next week to hear my conversation with a very good friend of mine. I'm not going to tell you who it is because this one's a a dope episode and, well, I just want the suspense to be there. So tune in next week. Make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you're listening to it now. You can also follow us on social media. Those links are in the show notes. And uh, make sure you're going out and getting that vote out, y'all. Go do it. Get the vote out. Talk to your family. Talk to your friends. Talk to a stranger on the street. I don't give a crap who you talk to. Just talk to everybody. Everyone. Go vote. It's important. And I'll see you next week. As always, thanks for coming in. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.